All right, family, what's going on? Welcome back to the official From Player to Preacher podcast. I am your host, Raynell Brian Johnson, all the way from Birmingham, Alabama, here in the 205. Man, it's been a long, it's been a <clears throat> it's been a long uh couple of weeks here. It's been a it's been a good month, man. Thank you guys so much. For all of the text messages and all of the phone calls, checking on me, asking me what's going on with the podcast, we definitely got to catch up. That's why I entitled this episode, Let's Catch Up. Um, Let me just go. Let's go and get to it. Let's go and get right to it. Uh, Before we do what, you know what, before we do that, thank you guys for subscribing uh, to the From Player to Preacher podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you guys for sharing on social media, <clears throat> posting, resharing, retweeting, um, everything, man. Putting it in your stories, everything, man. I appreciate all of the love. Uh, the last episode I did was my highest rated episode yet, man. I really do appreciate that. Um, that was why black men are so upset with brother Derek Jackson. Uh, go back and check that episode out, man. That was a really dope episode. Really dope show. Um, <clears throat> I'm sitting here now. Uh, wait a minute, I'm still jumping ahead. Uh, for those who want to contribute to the podcast to help keep the podcast going, you can donate to Cash App. You can send all donations through Cash App. Uh, that's dollar sign Raynell B. Johnson. Again, that's dollar sign Raynell B. Johnson, R-A-Y-N-E-L-L. The letter B in last name, Johnson. <clears throat> Thank you guys for all of your contributions uh, to continue. Hope to continue to make this podcast bigger and better. All right. So thank you guys so much for your patience with me. I do appreciate it. I know I haven't done an episode in over a month. Um, a lot has happened uh, recently, man. We definitely going to get into it. Uh, Resurrection Sunday was amazing um that was by far one of the best resurrection sundays ever uh, <laughs> uh i'm speaking to you now uh currently um testing positive uh with covid-19 so, yes, don't be alarmed. I'm on the tail end of it. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, I'm on the tail end of it. Um, that's been a crazy experience. I'm definitely going to talk about that. <clears throat> I still have the crazy cough, uh, but that's going to be something I'm definitely going to touch on in this episode. Um, Resurrection Sunday was amazing. I had an opportunity to see a good friend of mine um, have his first uh well you can say his his first official church service uh that really blessed me that really blessed me it always blesses me to see a friend of mine you know accomplished especially somebody I grew up with you know someone I grew up in ministry with and uh that really was a blessing um had an opportunity to uh be a part of uh, a last seven sayings. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know of a lot of people who are listening are familiar with that, but uh, on Good Friday, 
Uh, you know, there were seven last things that Jesus said um, on the cross, you know, when he said, why is thou forsaken me? Uh, I thirst, uh, you know, it is finished, um, which was the one I had. Thank God it is finished. Thank God I had that one. Um, and uh, ugh, they they all leave me right now. But basically, a last seven sayings is a preacher. Each preacher takes uh, one of the last things that Jesus said and he preaches on it. And I had an opportunity to preach on it is finished uh, for some family um, in New York. Um, Pastor Nikki and Pastor Othelia, <coughs> Othelia in New York, man, that, that really blessed me. That was a, an amazing opportunity. Um, also in the midst of all that, um, well, after, after that, um, we dealt with a major shooting here in Birmingham, Alabama at Penn Park, um, that really, really disturbed me uh, greatly. So I definitely have to touch on that. Um, the losing the life of one of my favorite rappers of all time, uh, Brother DMX, um, that really, really shook my soul. You know, I, I, I might go back and just do an episode totally dedicated to DMX. I don't know. You know, DMX was definitely one of my favorite, favorite rappers of all time. One of my favorite rappers of all time. Um, and of course, the <clears throat> police brutality that's recently been going on. Um, issues with law enforcement. Um, I have a lot of different opinions on that. So I'm going to try to touch on everything to catch everybody up, man. And, you know, just want to tell everybody thank you for listening, man. And we're going to, we're going to dive right into it, man. You're listening to the From Player to Preacher podcast. Let's get into it. All right. <clears throat> so first thing we're going to hit on, um, the last seven sayings, uh, preaching on It Is Finished on Zoom, that was an awesome experience. Uh, I can honestly say that was very unique within itself. I almost turned down the opportunity. Uh, I actually have that video up on my YouTube channel and it's on my Instagram. Um, I actually almost turned the opportunity down. I was kind of nervous. Uh, I didn't feel like I was as prepared. <clears throat> I wasn't as prepared as I thought I would be. But... Um, I did the I I took the engagement and it was amazing to be able to do something like that uh via the internet, you know, being on Zoom and it was awesome. It was awesome. Um all the preachers were very well, everybody supported each other. Um it went well, man. I I can honestly say that really lit a fire under me. Um Sometimes in life, you need something just to remind you uh, who you are and who God called you to be. <clears throat> and to let you know that, man, you're still called. You're still anointed. And um, the validation I received from that, and it was just so good uh, to experience that moment. 
That was that was and and you know what's funny? I see why so many preachers uh really enjoy uh the virtual thing or you know <clears throat> preaching to a camera because it's fun I mean to be honest, you're comfortable. You're comfortable. I've never been more comfortable preaching a sermon in my life. You know, it was only about seven to ten minutes, but it was off off the chain. And I said, man, this is this is different, you know, had all, and, and the service itself it's so funny because the service itself was done like a real service. Like we did a prayer. There was an offering that was praise and worship all via Zoom, <laughs> all via Zoom. I thought that was so cool. Um, and like I said in the video, I always wanted to preach in New York. And you know, just to see what that's that that was like, it was it was wonderful. It was a wonderful experience, and I'm thankful for that opportunity. Um, that was dope. So immediately following that on that Sunday, shout out to my brother and sister, uh, Pastor Derek Gray, um, and First Lady um, uh, Mariana Gray. I'm. I'm honored, man, uh, to call them my friends. Uh, they started their church, uh, the Freedom Church, here in Birmingham, Alabama, and they <clears throat> they had their first Resurrection Sunday service, which was amazing. I, I'm so proud of them, man. They did a wonderful job. Um, I know the sky's the limits for them. The sky's the limit for them. They did an amazing job. I mean... The service was great. Uh, they had a great turnout. The word was powerful. And I'm just so happy for him because I remember late nights, me and him sitting in the car, you know, sitting in front of his church to make sure nobody stole the copper, you know. <laughs> and that was that was awesome. Those were those were good times, man. And met that young man in college and he did a wonderful job. So proud of him. Words cannot express how I feel. I put um, a snippet of his sermon on uh, my Instagram. Y'all go back and check that out. Show him some love. Uh, Brother Derek Gray, he is a myelin. He is a myelin. So definitely want to show him some love. And um proud of that young man. Freedom Church, Birmingham, Alabama. Um, he did a wonderful job. Very proud of him. Uh, fast forward, <clears throat> we had a shooting here at uh, Patton Park on Easter that really, really, really uh, tore me to pieces. Um, I know several people were injured, but uh, a young lady, um, uh, I forgot her name, but a young lady passed away here in Birmingham. She uh, was hitting the crossfire. And I don't know all of the details, but I know um, nobody got shot who basically was the person that they were aiming for. So, but I, and I'm sorry for not uh, remembering what that young lady's name who passed away. I believe she was very well known, very well loved. Um, I don't know what we what we're going to have to do in the city 
today. I don't know what's going on across the country in our communities uh, when it comes to gun violence. I don't know. Um, we even had gunshots today in my neighborhood where the police had to be called. Um, I don't know. I really do not know what's going on um, mentally uh, with us. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. I don't know what's going on in the black community. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure anymore. I don't know. I really don't know if we're not praying. I don't know if it's a mental illness. I don't know if it's because of the economy. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't want to make this, uh, you know, one of those, um, you know, sad moments. But it is sad that on Easter Sunday, where families are at the park, you know, having an Easter egg hunt with their children. And, you know, and that's a very nice park. Patton Park is a very nice park. I've taken my children to that park before. And to just think in the back of your mind, to you, you shouldn't have to think about gunfire at a park. You know, not gunfire. Uh, but, you know, I don't know what's going on in our communities anymore. I, I don't know. I don't know. We want it all. Just gonna just be honest, be blunt. We wanted Trump out of office. We got it. You know, we wanted stimulus uh, checks. We got it. You know, we 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 wanted you know a little bit more freedom uh, as far as you know post pandemic. Or hopefully we're at the end of it. I, <laughs> I'm still. You see, I caught it. But I don't know what's going. I just don't know. I don't know, man. We really, I, I, I really feel like we got to go back to the drawing board and really love on each other. Because I, I don't understand how is it we're killing each other like this. You know, I think, um, I don't know if it's an economic issue. I don't know if it's, I don't know. Uh, it, it feels spiritual. And it's, it seems like an enemy. It's, I want to say it's the enemy. Ultimately, it is the enemy. But we really have to do something about this gun violence in our communities. You know, that's an issue we really, really have to address. Uh, address. Uh, it, it, and of course, you know, the easy thing to say is it starts at home, which is true. It starts at home, starts from a very early age. But I also believe, you know, there are a lot of other issues that are surrounding that. You know, I don't know what is it going on in a person's mind to where. And, and the reason why I'm looking at it from this angle is if you I, if you would talk to anyone who's who's serving time right now because of a murder. And if you ask them, what is it? What was it about? It's always over nothing. Some small, whether someone owed you some money, someone bumped into you and didn't say, excuse me. Somebody looked at you wrong. <clears throat> Somebody said something about you, you know, that you didn't like. Somebody disrespected you in some type of way. <clears throat> and it, it bothers me because, you know, 
I hate to see young men incarcerated like that, you know, at that alarming rate. Like the prisons are already overpopulated and, you know, you know, they say we're right at 49 to 50 to 51 percent of the prison population is minorities, you know. So I don't know. I don't know what we got to do, but we definitely got to pray about that, especially in the city of Birmingham, especially in the city of Birmingham. So got to figure something out there. So um, another issue that we got going on in our communities, I'm definitely going to ruffle some feathers. I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers, but this is just how, you know, I got to I got to put it out there. So. So we got the police police brutality issue that's been going on for years. Oh my god. And it's nothing new but it's like every video just opens up a new womb over again. Every video opens up a whole new womb over again. Like right when you think we're, you know, getting close to healing, this happens. And you would think that the shootings would slow down because of the body cameras. You would think the body cameras would slow these shootings down, but oh no, <laughs> they shooting, they're shooting now, body cameras turned on, dash cam turned on, still shooting, still getting away with everything. And so let me, let me say this first. So here's why I say I'm going to ruffle some feathers. So the first thing I want to say is the police officer is the professional. And they're the ones that should know. They should, they're the trained professionals, so they should know how to respond in different situations. How to respond in different occurrences. You know, the police is the professional. So with that being said, I think as citizens... And I'm really talking to African-American males. What we have to do is to not escalate the situation. You heard me. We have to not escalate the situation. Because one thing we all agree on that's been proven is that the police will kill you. The police will kill you. So that's been proven. That situation has been proven. We we know that the police will kill you. So me knowing that we have to handle ourselves in a certain manner that you know what my mindset is, <clears throat> no matter how many warrants I have, No matter what I have in the trunk illegally, no matter if the car is stolen, no matter if the tags not renewed, no matter if my license is suspended, no matter what the situation is, no matter what's going on, my objective is to survive the encounter. So in other words, I'm going to just call a spade a spade. I'm not going to run from the police. I'm not going to wrestle with the police. I'm not going to resist the arrest. 
I'm not going to try to take your taser from you. I'm not going to try to take your gun. I'm not going to do anything to escalate the situation. Especially me. I'm a 300 pound black man. But first, I'm a black man. So I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I'm not escalating the situation. Now, I'm not letting the police off the hook because I believe lethal force should be the last, last resolution. But since we know that the police do not mind killing you and writing a report about it, then going on glorified vacation that we do, that they disguise as, um, what do they call it, administrative leave, and we know that they have a union, that the, uh, the union is going to pay top dollar for their attorney fees. We know that the chances of them getting charged, let alone a conviction, are slim to none. So I know that the police don't mind killing me. So I'm going to conduct myself in a way to where I just want to survive the encounter. Now, I'm not blaming the victims of anything because there are some victims that didn't do anything. <clears throat> you know, there were some victims that were killed, you know, with their hands up doing what the police asked them to do. But, you know, we, we, have, to, we have to do the best we can to de-escalate the situation. Or not to escalate the situation. You know. Um, it's a couple of situations I, I said I was going to talk about. But uh, I don't want to get too much into it. I'll, I'll do another episode on that. Because, you know, I don't want to get to the point to where I'm blaming the victim. Because what I... What I've learned is if I'm in a car accident and if somebody hits me and I fly out of the window, I don't want people saying, well, he should have had on a seatbelt. You know, somebody hit me, <laughs> you know, so I, I don't want to make it like that. And I, I don't want the whole episode to to be about that. The police brutality, that's just something that's been on my mind. But if you are listening to this, I just want to tell you all of my black men, you're loved by somebody. You mean something to somebody. You know, do what law enforcement asked you to do. Your objective is to survive the encounter. Survive it. You know, I'm I'm from the hood. I'm from Fountain Heights. 1408 16th Street North, off the four-way. I've been arrested three times in my life and taken to jail. My objective, once I realize I'm going to get arrested, my objective is to get a bond and hurry up and get out. Whatever it is, listen to me, listen to me. Before I move on, because I got to talk about DMX, um, before I move on, your objective is to survive 
the encounter. Do what the officer asks you to do. You know, I know you see a lot of videos where you see other races. And as you know, let's just be honest. You see a lot of other you see a lot of white people cursing out the police, talking any kind of way to the police, not being compliant with the police, and they live, <clears throat> which is an issue within itself. But you have to understand, we don't have the complexion for the protection. We don't have it. So with that in mind, man, do what these police officers are asking you to do and survive the encounter. Survive the encounter. If he's got to take in, get you a bond and go. You know, get you a bond, do a couple hours in jail. If you, if you have to go to jail. You know, a lot of times just a ticket or whatever the case may be. But, you know... I know a lot of things get get sticky when it comes back with warrants and stuff like that. But if you got to go, go jail. (laughs) Survive the encounter. So, but I'm going to do another episode about uh, police brutality and how to handle yourself with the police. Um, You know, so that's that. But, man, I'm praying for all of the families um, the brother Dante Wright, um, everybody, it's too many to name, <clears throat> but everyone who's lost a loved one, uh, in a police shooting to police brutality to gun violence, period. Uh, I'm definitely praying for you. Uh, you're, you're, you're definitely on my heart. So, um, definitely praying for you. Let's talk about DMX. DMX, man, I gotta talk about DMX. Gotta talk about DMX. Oh my God, I'm throwing the X's up right now. DMX, Earl Simmons. Oh, man. I can't, so let me tell y'all this first. Let me tell y'all this first. Uh, I think I want to say I was introduced to DMX uh, probably around sixth or seventh grade um, when it's dark and hell is hot. Uh, first drop. He was, the reason I love DMX so much was because he was so different. He was everything opposite of what rap music was at the time. You know, he wasn't, look at my watch, he wasn't bling bling, he wasn't iced out, uh, he wasn't, you know, how many women you got, how many cars you drive. That was not DMX's music, man. And I loved it, man, because it was hard. You know, it was street. It 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 represented it it represented, you know, the hood. You know? He he represented, you know, street cats. He represented <clears throat> he said in the interview, he said, I'm from the other side of the coin. You know, I'm not gonna tell you about my Maybach, my Maybach, my my, my Ferrari and all that. You know, he's from another side of the coin. So, and he had stories, man. He was poetic. You know, he was really, you know, if I be honest with you, he was my generation's Tupac. If you really, if I, if I be honest with you, he was really our generation's 
Tupac. You know, and 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 I'm gonna tell you how I can say that. One, two number one albums. Let's just be one hundred. Two number one albums in the same year, back to back. Two number one albums in the same year, back to back. I want to say that was ninety nine. He dropped "It's Dark and Hell Is Hot" and "Flesh of My Flesh" in the same year. <clears throat> that doesn't even happen anymore. You barely get a, a solid album every two, three years out of these artists now. So, I mean, you can't. I mean, just to be honest, man, there'll never be another DMX. Um, I used to. I remember listening to his music. Uh, I was listening to the Great Depression album. Um, I want to say that was my last football game. We went up to Russellville. I was playing for Parker High School, and I was listening to the uh, Great Depression, <laughs> bumping that album. That was funny, man. That was funny. And he he had great music, man. He always prayed at the end of every song, and, you know... He he had he had a flow, a style, a delivery that is unmatched. And nobody'll never be able to match who he was, you know, on that mic. Nobody can do what he did. Nobody can do what DMX does. I'll stay I'll take a step further to say A lot of people are, you know, well, you know, then again, you know, and I'm not I'm not even being a prisoner of the moment because I've always felt this way. DMX the best rapper from New York. I mean, Nas is dope. Nas is tight. Don't get me wrong. Nas is tight. Jay-Z is tight. Biggie is tight. X. I can take. I'll give you, take DMX's Dark and Hell is Hot, Flesh of My Flesh, and Then There Was X, and Great Depression. I'll take those four albums, put them up against their best four albums. Biggie only had two. <clears throat> I'll put it up against those four albums, their top four. And, and nothing can compare to, to, to those. And and I think people knew it, man. If if DMX didn't have a drug addiction, if he didn't have a drug addiction that he had, that he dealt with, man, and the other battles, we would look at DMX in a whole new light. If DMX would have gotten killed, and I hate to say this, if DMX would have gotten killed after those first three albums, we would look at DMX in a, an entirely different light. We would look at DMX in a totally different light. So, I mean, we're not even going to talk about DMX's movies. Like, Belly? Belly? Still one of the greatest hood movies ever. Belly was a classic, man. Shout out to Hype Williams. Belly was a classic, classic movie. Oh, my God. Exit Wounds? Exit Wounds, Romeo Must Die, he's our generation's Tupac. So, man, we, 
I just want to personally say, man, DMX, thank you for the life you lived. Thank you for your music, man. Just thank you all the way around, dog. Your music was special. It always will be special to me. I will always remember riding around on the weekend, listening to your music with my brother. And I know, you know, you and him both are in heaven, man. And I know my brother's up there jamming. And I I, I thank you, DMX, man, for your gift and your talents, dog. I salute you, my brother. That Those... The music you gave to my generation, man, I salute you. I salute you, dog. Rest well, my brother. Rest in power. Rest in peace. Rest in heaven. You are, you, you, you are validated. I will tell anyone, man, you are the greatest rapper out of New York. I mean that. I mean that. <sighs> so that's a tough one. So, <clears throat> uh, you know what? I think I'm going to end it there. I'm going to end it there, man. Thank you all, man, for um, for those who know or who knew. Um, you know, I'm still battling with uh, COVID-19. I got the coronavirus. Um I hopefully the worst is behind me. So man, shout out to everybody who survived it. I think uh <clears throat> as you can hear, hear through the episode, I've been dealing with this cough still. So I had the chills and the and the fever and everything else. But I'm thankful, man, because it's it's taught me a lot. I've gained a whole new respect for the coronavirus. Make sure you guys are still washing your hands. Um I'm not against the vaccine. Uh, I'm just personally don't know if I'm going to take it yet. But I'm not against the vaccine. Not against it. I I just don't know if I'm going to take it yet. Uh, my wife took it, uh, so I guess that means I might need to, huh? But keep me in you keep me in your prayers, y'all. I'm still battling with it. Hopefully, I'll be done. Hopefully, it'll be it'll be the randest course within the next few days hopefully but uh hey you know just praying um continue to pray for your uh city man pray for all against the, all the gun violence that's going on um and everything else man just you know I want to do I wanted to do this podcast I hadn't did one in a while just to make sure that you know we're catching up man hey let's catch up and I had to catch up with everybody appreciate all the phone calls all the text messages and Everything in between. So listen, share this podcast, send it out, um, reshare it, repost it, retweet it, all that other good stuff, man. Appreciate all the love and support I've been getting on the From Player to Preacher podcast. I'm going to keep bringing you content. Um, not going to go a whole month without doing another show anymore, but just want to you know make sure uh, that I keep hitting you with something. Uh, big shout out to my brother, Denari Jones, who uh, just celebrated his birthday uh, a few weeks ago. Shout out to my brother, D. Jones. Love you, man. Uh, I don't really know if I want to shout out anybody else. I don't like doing shout outs. Like, because you always going to forget somebody. But, man, 
Thank you guys for listening. I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys for subscribing. Um, new things are coming. I'm going to be more active on my YouTube channel also, so be on the lookout for that. So listen, I love you guys. Share this podcast. Share this podcast and uh, you know, send it to a friend. Send it to a cousin, your niece, your nephew, you know, your boyfriend, your husband, your girlfriend, baby mama, homie lover friend, all that good stuff. All right, I'm out. I love you guys, man. Be bold, be blessed, be the standard. Thank you guys for listening to the From Player to Preacher podcast. I love you. I'm out.